Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. We're glad that you're here. I'm Pastor Nate. I'm joined here with Pastor Jeremy. Hello. And for the first time, his podcasting debut, <laughs> Pastor John Cerise. Hello there. Welcome. You uh, and not to be mistaken, you've never been on any other podcast. You like you were never on the Joe Rogan podcast before no, or anything. No, no, no. All right. <laughs> cool. Yes, I've been on much larger podcast than this. Well, good. Glad to have you guys here. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's been a fun. It's been a fun uh, trip through Kingdom Builders. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Series done. Yeah. Um, went through eight chapters of Nehemiah in five weeks, which is pretty good. And we could have kept on going because I is there thirteen chapters in the book. Yeah. Or twelve chapters in the book. It. Uh, the. You know what I should do? I should. <laughs> we should preach that they they um, they fall in love with the word, and then they make an oath to God. And we could talk through that oath. It's in um, in chapter ten. Oh, okay. I'm gonna look it up because yeah. I've got. I almost. I I thought about preaching it at all staff, and I thought about preaching it on Sunday. And then See, I did. If you it. outline it out. I'll try and preach it. No, well, you can. I still have. I have an outline for next week. But so. anything <laughs> going on week, Thanksgiving though? this week? Oh yeah. yeah, Jeremy's preaching on Sunday. Yeah. All right, all right. We'll see how it goes. He's going to go. Great. Which is uh, <laughs> ten thirty service across yep. three locations. Yeah, Dover location. We haven't really announced that at all. It was like one Facebook post, but none of the other locations knew about it. We're switching oh. to one service in Dover because our auditorium capacity. On our largest Sunday that we had this year, we could still fit, what was it, another 125 adults yeah, in the auditorium? 125 or 150. So we, we, we didn't realize we were going to have that much um, growth potential. So we'll move to one service and grow those 100 adults, which is going to almost, it's like 80% growth over where we are right now. Yeah. Because of kids and adults, like we moved from, like that large Sunday was 300 people. And if we add another 100 adults and however many kids they bring, right, that moves us to like a service of 450 or 500, yep. a single service. Yeah. So once we realize that, it's like, let's focus our efforts. Yeah. It's bring easier it to fill one bucket than two. Um, so you kind of get everybody going in the same direction. Create a kingdom, kingdom impact is our goal, not just doing stuff because we've always done it. What can we do that's going to bring the most glory to God, help right. us to reach just one more? I liked it because um, throughout the whole thing, I was thinking about it this morning, uh, we've had a, a visual aid this entire series. We, the, the building has not stopped changing through all of Kingdom Builders. So in Dover, it's like every week you're like, oh, this wall is here now. Oh, this wall is down now. Okay. Yeah. And so it's kind of funny. You're like, you're preaching through, talking about building a wall and all this. And every week you show up like, oh, something's a little different. Hmm, I should have paid attention to that. I could have probably used <laughs> that as an illustration. <laughs> like this, especially this week, like it's not about building walls. It's about restoring people. Or it's not about, <laughs> yeah, rebuilding walls. It's about restoring souls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And like the stage remodel, the auditorium expansion has nothing to do with making a bigger auditorium or right. having a better stage. It has everything to do with just one more. Yeah. Everything we do as a church has to connect with that. Yeah. More and greater disciples, double kingdom impact, reaching just one more. And if it doesn't, then, uh, hey, let's stop doing it. Yeah, let's stop <laughs> doing it. It's not, not, not needed. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, that's how I was going to open up next week, just talking through like we had kind of a great blessing here of having this visual aid because I want to talk through, which which we'll talk more about through, like the whole idea of um, we've cash flowed all of this and then we also had the gift of now the video wall that's going to be there this Sunday. And so I wanted to tie in like we were faithful, we worked through our budget, we worked our tails off and God still had like an extra thing to make his auditorium even better, yeah. which we would have never done. Like those TVs, we would have never. So no one knows about that either. Yeah. So Dover is walking in for a surprise. We've got a quote-unquote LED wall <laughs> right. that we're unveiling in Dover on Sunday, Can't which is pretty amazing. Up. How, how big is it? By feet or by, by inches? Um, so it's 11, 11 by 20. 11 feet by 20 feet. 11 feet high, 11 20 feet, feet wide. Um, yeah, when that thing is on... Like we couldn't, we couldn't believe it. We, we were here after church on Sunday. We had an awesome crew installing it. Um, all of us has, have no idea what we're doing, but acting like we're professionals in it. Um, they went, you know, we did the whole install. Once they were all on, really once we were halfway through, we started to be like, oh, okay, all right. I can like, we shut all the lights off and the auditorium was still pretty bright just from the, you know, the three rows. Yeah. And so we still had two more. And then after that, I just put on the most like ridiculous motion backgrounds that looked awesome. And so how did the video? Because I saw you sent me a picture. You were playing the video of oh, the Bethlehem it was, announcement. It was nice. It was nice. I was on, <laughs> I was on a ladder trying to fix a wire for it, and he hit play on that. When the drone shot started moving, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> yeah, because I just felt like the ladder was moving down because the drone footage was moving, whoa. and so it was like, hang on, hang on. So cool. uh, we definitely have to watch out for how much movement for some people in the front row because it is it's 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 a movie screen, right? It's 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 huge now. I think I'm coming in to play video games on it. Yeah, that's what uh, Mike. Vittori runs U-Turn here. He was here, and I was like, huge Fortnite Even, party. Yeah, like uh, um, uh, group Jackbox. Yeah. So the the only thing yeah. that makes it hard is small text, right? Because it it's not, you said, quote, unquote, LED it's wall. A bunch of, it's, it's a bunch a, of TVs. It's 25 TVs. 25 TVs. So there so is some black an bars. HD LED wall, an HD LED wall, a true LED wall of 20 foot by 11 foot. I mean, what's the cost on that? It's like we're forty thousand at least for, for so for it's HD. hard for HD. It would be more. The ones we were pricing out initially, just dreaming, were around forty, but they were lower quality right. than. 1080. So what's the height? Is sixty five thousand? Yeah, be closer to the so sixty five thousand is what it would cost us to have a true LED wall, which we had TVs donated. And we created the. I don't want to steal all your thunder. Yeah, I mean, but we, it's fine. Not We're everybody just, listens. I'm just for ruining it, it for some people. But I, but it's the, cool enough to repeat. When you come on Sunday, that costs one thousand two hundred dollars. Wow. 
Yeah. So 65,000. And then just saying, hey, we'll be faithful with little God. <laughs> and then and then he gives us an ability. Like, and, and, um, and really, the credit goes toward the creativity and the expertise in our volunteers. Yeah. To say, what could we do with 40 TVs that were just given to us? Yeah. And then... The volunteers yeah, putting our, in all the effort and work to rewire the TVs and the Sam, program, the computers. Yeah, Sam, our TD, like a tech director, spent a lot of nights here learning how the program worked. Like he spent multiple times, like dragging out the TVs. Let me try uh, two by two. All right, let me try a four by four. Can I figure it out? And he kept going, and so he spent a ton of time, like. Charlotte and I just did a bunch of prep, but he did so much of the brain work. Like, this wouldn't have happened without that crew. So it was pretty uh, great. You know, we were talking about that. I forget who brought it up on Sunday of how awesome it is that, like, God has given us the people we have to pull off things that we have no right to be able to pull off. You know what I mean? Like, companies that would have to hire experts in these things we have people who just like read wikipedia articles about it for fun <laughs> so by the time we're like could we do this they're like oh yeah i've been reading about this <laughs> i listened to a podcast this morning driving in it was a uh, patrick uh Lencioni interview and they the interview asked him a question like you're like you're an expert a leadership expert large corporations are using you around the world how do you wish your church leveraged that more? And so he's a Catholic, he was a Catholic oh. church. And he said, 20 years ago, he spoke at the Willow Creek Leadership Conference. That was his first time doing anything in a church setting. And he thought, oh, I could do this for my Catholic church. And he goes to the diocese and he's like, hey, I'd like to do leadership training for all of the priests. And well, actually, I, I think at first he said, uh, he went to his Catholic church. He's like, hey, I'd like to get more involved. And they said, all right, we need you to stack these chairs. And he's like, <laughs> I kind of was hoping <laughs> to use that since gifts. I'm a world expert at something, I'd be able to use that gift in my yeah. church, and they had no opportunity for him. So I didn't finish the—I pulled in the church like halfway through the story, but he went to the diocese, can I teach this to the priest? They said, you have to go through this approval, then this approval, and it's going to take like a year to get the approval. So he just found—he just looked in the yellow pages and then just sent invites to all of them. So all the, he just went around like, around, like yeah. I'm just going to invite them. I'll make my own. And uh, I, I haven't heard what happened next. Like, then I pulled in the parking lot and turned <laughs> off my, my car. But uh, that's that same idea, right? We have great people, and part of stewardship yeah. is God sends us these people. And that if you ever try to serve a Restoration Church, you're like, I'll do whatever you need. And we're like, eh, wrong. Yeah. That's wrong language here at Restoration Church. We don't have people serve in to fill holes. Right. Because that's not what serving that's not what serving is. Serving is a biblical use of our gifts for the glory of God to reach just one more right. and to make more and better disciples. That's what it is. So where do you fit in that? Right. I don't know. Well, let's discover it. Yeah, let's figure And that we out. can put you in every need and see if any of those resonate you with you. But you're gonna find the one that God's gifted you for. Yeah. And certainly we have gifted people who never knew and hopefully listening to this podcast will unlock it for them. And they'll say like, well, I'm great at um, building guitars. Right. Right. I'm great <laughs> at building ARs. 
uh, and assault rifles, and they can <laughs> give yeah them. give that as a pastor appreciation gift. To, yeah, you're officially talking to two hobbyists, uh, guitar, <laughs> guitar builders. builders. We've oh, done yeah, it. Two, two of you <laughs> here. <laughs> I wasn't even Both thinking about you guys under the tutelage of a amazing. I mean, guitar we're not. Builder. Yeah, we're not doing any of the thinking work. We're just doing no. whatever Elliot tells us. <laughs> we follow directions. Yeah. Sometimes poorly, but we. But yeah, them. you use your, you use your gift. So yeah, you, you know, um, if you build furniture, right, Pastor John, you've yeah. built so much furniture in your life. Um, but someone could say, "Well, the only thing I can do is swing a hammer." Well, perfect. We're rebuilding the stage, like to right. not minimize your gift. The only thing I'm good at. It's getting stains out of carpets. Perfect. We have a job for wow, you. Wow, <laughs> we've, we've got a place. We've got more uh, carpet than you have hours of your life left yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> um, every stain you clean saves the church another year from having to replace it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully we can replace every, hopefully every bit of carpet that's not been replaced in the last two years, will be replaced in the next two years. I speak it. Uh, I'm praying. I, I speak it right Lord, now. Lord, make it happen in Jesus' name. We certainly could use it in the foyer. Yeah, it's 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 next, yeah. for sure. And add some carpet. And yeah. add carpet in the Dover Auditorium, maybe. But then what we do when people spill their coffees during my sermon, I don't know what would happen. Just add, car- just add carpet in the aisles. Yeah. That's true. We could just do it there. Yeah. I like... I Because... I, you you see there's there is a nice thing about the whatever you want right because that is the willingness so one could argue the leading expert in the leadership could have started by moving the chairs right so you could just oh, oh okay i was thinking this but let, let me help i'll talk to you while we're doing it or whatever and like so there is a healthiness to that but um i don't think that's everywhere people should stay you know no yeah like, we we serve so nothing's beneath us they're like, right. I'd like to help. Well, I, I'm in the middle of cleaning up an overflowing toilet. Do you think you could help me? <laughs> no, it's beneath me. Like, no, you don't no, no. really want to help. You want a right. platform, right? So we we help wherever there's need. Yeah. But that's not our primary spot that we serve. And if you won't do anything, then we probably won't have you do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, like you always say as a joke, Pastor John, you're always like, I'll do whatever you need. I've led worship before. We'll probably have to shut down the church, but I'll do it. <laughs> like, and I just always thought that that mindset yeah. was so good. Like, it's I'll, kinda, I'll do whatever. It was kind of cool on Saturday night. I came up to set up for the prayer meeting. They were all working here, right? And they were trying to clean up. So I said, well, I'll, I'll help you clean up. What do you need? And there were a bunch of pizza boxes on the front seat, right? <laughs> I hadn't had supper. I had been so busy, I hadn't had supper. So I offered to help and got a reward. I got two pieces <laughs> of pizza. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, jackpot. Yeah, you stepped into it. It was great. So, yeah, I think um, it's it's just something that, like, I like that, right? We have another volunteer here. It's just, just helping people think outside the box that anything's possible. Uh, now, someone on the worship team, their full-time job is creating API integrations, and you know what, dang it, we can use that. Like, yeah. We have the programs we're using that can communicate to each other, and he's writing the program to do it. Like, yep. no one would ever think they're coding expertise. They could bring that to church, but 
they really can. Like anything you can do to make money, you can use to glorify God. Like, yeah, absolutely. I'm a professional athlete. How can I use that? Like, perfect. Bring us home a softball championship. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Bring it home. But you think about Nehemiah, right? So there's not too much we know about him prior. I always think like cupbearer, he's expendable because he's going to be the first to die. If someone wants to kill a king, Nehemiah's going to die. So I always think like the king doesn't have a high regard for him. But he's a guy who's just a poison tester. Um, Pretty important guy. And But expendable, right? Yeah. You think, I don't have much gifts. I just make sure I, I'm the first to die. I'm, yeah. the, I'm the canary in the mine. Yeah. That's my job. Is he dead yet? Nope. Good. Well, that's, uh, that's, you, that's it. <laughs> right. But then he, God puts, breaks his heart. He's like, well, I guess I'm a builder now. Mm. And he steps into building, and then he's correcting culture and people scripturally. Then he's um, organizing the temple and its leadership and, and organizing the city and security. Then he's governor over the region. Like, ju- he was poison tester and said, God, I'll do whatever you want. Now he's governor. Yeah. Like, it's a surprising and he just didn't he didn't say to the leader ah king i just whatever you want no he said god whatever you want and then he'll let god if god says you're in a stack chairs then you do it like absolutely god here i go yeah and then then, and then you've got the uh it's funny the church the church joke now um the, the whole bunch of church memes if you're single you're carrying a bunch of chairs. Like that's how you get pick up girls yeah, at, like at, at church. Yeah. <laughs> so then, if you're single and God tells you to pick up chairs, it could be because He's calling you. To, he's preparing you for marriage. Like it's gonna be <laughs> show off those st- muscles. Yeah. Look at me. <laughs> I get three folding chairs in each arm. So you made me think. So kind of question question for both of you guys. Obviously, we don't we don't wake up knowing our gift set, knowing how God wants to use us. When was the time? that you started to realize like pastor Nate, that you had a leadership gift set. Are you still waiting to figure that out? Cause you, you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, when did you realize like, Oh, maybe this is a calling in my life. I was 14 years old and I started dating a girl in youth group and the youth pastor's wife said, I'm so glad we have a Christian couple in the youth group for all the other kids to be an example for all the other kids. And I thought, I don't know what a Christian couple does. Yeah. Like I've never seen that before, but then I but then I think that was the moment where I'm like I'm a leader, like I'm an oh, example. Wow. And so I talked about that breakup in the last series. Yeah, you did. God oh, yeah. told me to break up with you. Like, yeah, yeah. Leave God out of this. <laughs> <laughs> leave God out of this. That's weak. But I think that was the first time and then there's probably not long after that like the youth pastor saying, "You're a leader." And I don't know that I'm a leader. Like, I was a loser, really. I had broken glasses, and I was overweight, and I had a <laughs> funny haircut, and I had cheap clothes. And, but they but, saw that. Yeah. So so for you, it took a little bit of, you heard it from other people. Like, they already were starting to see it in you. Right. And they referenced that. That's cool. What about you, Pastor John? Do you have a gift set now that, how was that revealed to you? Well, you know, it started... Uh, it started a long time ago because I'm 
got a few years behind me, you know, and, and it's several, it's come in phases for me, uh, you know, I received a vision that I was going to walk up a mountain with a cross and people with torches were following me up a mountain and as I look back, they were all black people and I said, what kind of vision is that? You know, and people are having visions about big jobs and all this other cool stuff mm. and I got this vision, right? And of course, 15 years later, I find myself in Africa uh, building orphanage. I had no experience of building in Africa. Yeah. I had no experience of running an orphanage. But God, as he leads you, as you take steps, as you begin, you know, as we talked about a step of faith. As you take, take each step, God fills them for you. Yeah. As you trust him and believe in him and you seek him and allow him to fill your mind with what you need, he does it, you know. Now with the... Uh, with the prayer, God has called me to lead prayer. I've been involved in the prayer meeting, and it was like it came to me. And I, I said, what? You know, I, but then God started saying, hey, listen to me. And we have fabulous, I was sharing uh, at the prayer meeting Saturday night that uh, we had a fellow's back healed in the prayer meeting. Wow. We had uh, somebody's equilibrium straightened out in the prayer meeting. We had uh, Elaine fall down and smash her head and walk back up without a cut. Oh, I mean, we, we had... So many things are happening in there. We have a marriage that's been restored. We have a gentleman that's growing that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Growing, uh, we had uh, one one man that comes to our prayer meeting. He uh, he was at odds with his brother. He wouldn't even talk to him, and now they're best friends. And uh, he's helped them get a job, and mm. they go and see each other. And so we're watching God move, yeah. and that's an exciting thing. When you when you get in line with God, okay. God will move through you yeah. and allow you to, to. Yeah. So that's where I've been, sometimes nervously, yeah. huh? sometimes questioning, right? but keep walking forward and allow him to do it. I don't know what I'm going to do next, you know? I, yeah, but it seems like from the trend, whatever he tells you. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Which yeah. is, like, I guess, like the whole point. What like. the design is, you know, I thought at 80 years old, I'd probably be in a rocking chair with my fishing pole, and it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. <you know? laughs> so. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Thankfully, you still have your mind, so you're not just sitting in a rocking chair with a fishing pole. Yeah. You, ought to, <laughs> you ought to talk to my wife about my mind. She questions it a lot of times. She does. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> about my mind. Yes. Um, yeah, I was. I've been trying to think through like a, a lot of the gift sets that I have now. Similar to you, Pastor John, we're just from saying yes when I had no right to, but it was either asked of me or I felt like God wanted me to. The only gift set I knew I had before I came to church was music. Everything else that I've done that I could use as a marketable skill came from just saying yes in the church. Right. Um, so, you know, trying to do a design business. I had no idea what that was until you guys asked me to do it and all these different things. And so it's like, you say yes. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh God, I didn't know. I didn't know I had this. Like, I didn't know you had this for me. So it's kind of the same thing. Like just from saying yes, you, you figure out. Yeah. I feel like I served my way into, um, into church leadership. So when I was in college, I did three internships and two of them turned into full-time jobs. Yeah. That's pretty good. Odds. Yeah. But I remember in, I'm trying to think of my timeline. In January of 2003, 
I lived in New Hampshire and I started coming. I was a youth leader at U-Turn. It had just been called U-Turn in 2003. So I was a a youth leader at U-Turn. Yeah. My sister-in-law was a leader. And I showed up every week because I was not well employed at that point. I was doing odd (laughs) jobs. I was looking for a pastor position. Oh, gotcha. Because I was transitioned out of the church in Texas. And I showed up every week and cleaned the youth room. Swept it, mopped it, vacuumed it, um, set it up for youth group that night. And I did that every week. I don't know for, I mean, a number of months. Yeah. And then in April, they had the conversation, hey, your sister-in-law told us yesterday she's stepping out of the position. Would you step into, would you be interested in stepping into it in June? And I feel like it's because I showed up. Right. Because I was there. No one asked me to mop. I just cleaned the place. I just cleaned. I just cared. (laughs) Yeah. And certainly I had a resume and I had a call and I was almost on Bible college. Like those parts of it were there. But I was, I was promoted for sure. Because I had a servant's heart, and God, right. God, did it, and so that was in June of two thousand and three. Yeah. Started on pastoral staff, and I didn't have very many. I mean, I didn't have very many giftings. Right back then, <laughs> I could. I was a better storyteller back then than I am now. So I told good stories and connected it with God. You think you lost? But that the, was your storytelling. I or definitely you gained lo- a filter, so mm. your stories were a little racier. <laughs> no, I I was a better storyteller back then. I don't know. I don't know why. Mm. I think I'm insecure. I, I, well, I, I think I was say, talking I with teenagers. Yeah. I was just better. I was just better back then. Every sermon started with a story. And then we'd talk with the scripture. And then we'd end with altar. But anyway. I was going to say, I feel like you have a good story almost every sermon. Yes. I'm always jealous of that. Every time you have a story, I'm like, why is this life so much more interesting than mine? <laughs> I sit down my story, I'm like, nothing has ever happened to me ever. <laughs> You're just good. You're good at finding those. Anyway. Yeah, I, I feel the same. I think I snuck my way into this staff. <laughs> I was just always in the corner like, you need something? <laughs> I always tell Bible college students, and I'll tell you, like, I feel like I could go, like if Restoration Church got rid of me, and perfectly, they don't. <laughs> um, there's a lot more touch and go there those first couple of years. <laughs> that I could go to a church and I would, could get a job. Like, not right away and I yeah. wouldn't have to demand it, but I would just serve. And eventually, as time went on, Work your way God, through it. God would open that, that door for me. I just... I, I don't know. It's just part of... Serving and honoring leadership and developing the gifts you have in you, but yeah, yeah, probably off subject now. Now you tied it to Nehemiah at the beginning. We're still around that yeah. subject. Anything about the word we want to talk through? You know, I wanted to go back in, in Nehemiah. Uh, I loved what he did because he had to. He he went to look at where he was going in the city, and when he got there, he was on his horse, and he started riding around the city, and when he could no longer ride because it was such a shambles, he got down and he walked, and he surveyed it. What you're saying in your story, what you're presenting is the same thing. He got down. He was a servant. He had a servant's heart, mm. 
and that's what made him right with God. Yeah. Pretty interesting that, uh, and you, I see a servant's heart in you, Jeremy. You have a servant's heart, and that's what makes us work. We love Jesus Christ more than anything else. Yeah. It's a hard thing. Like, you think about Nehemiah, he's showing up with an entourage, with security, with letters from the king, and he still comes in humble. Yeah. It's amazing character. told them all, I'll be back. He... Yeah, you know that's amazing. Amazing character. I'll be back. I uh, enjoyed. I was reading. Uh, we're talking about the Word of God and instilling the Word of God in us. And I was reading Mark Batterson's book, which I've been really high. When God whispers, it's an amazing book oh, if you okay. get a chance to read it. And uh, he was talking about the Word of God and how the Holy Spirit breathed into the writers of the Word of God. He breathed into them. So when you read the Word of God, you are beginning to inhale what the Holy Spirit has given mm. you. Is it, is it right that if you think about Adam and Eve, so when God created Adam, then he breathed life into that mud blob, and Adam was alive. <laughs> yeah. It's that same word he breathed into the, the writers word. of Scripture. Mm. It's that same breath. It's a supernatural yeah. life giving breath of God. Yeah. Yeah. That uh that he puts in us. Yeah, that's so good. So so uh you had put in um kind of the different uh aspects of how we should I'm trying to think of how to word it. How we respond to the word or how we interact with the word, maybe that would be a better Well, yeah, it's like maybe a journey through the word. Yeah. Yeah. We just look how they rebuilt the walls. He corrected their culture. He corrected their behavior. But correcting behavior doesn't bring transformation. And so it's Ezra, we, gotta, we need the scripture. Yeah. yeah. We need the scripture. And they begin to read the word, and then they go through a journey of that. And these are people who have been word-deprived. Mm. Um, there's not public readings of, of the Pentateuch. Right. The laws of Moses in Babylon or Persia. Mm-hmm. So they were missing that. Some of them, it's probably the first time that they've heard it. What an open heart, though, because they began to weep when they heard the word. They were standing in the rain, and it was cold, and they never moved because the word was that powerful. Wow. Yeah. That's so good. So, yeah, you had put... You kind of went through this, want the word, be moved by the word, celebrate the word, uh, understand the word, obey the word. Was that the last one? Yeah, obey the word. And then we had our um, our announcement that we went through. Um, so I just thought we could talk about uh, my, my thought of today that would be kind of fun is to talk through like our own journey through the word. So I'd love to hear from you guys like because... I've always felt growing up, becoming a Christian kind of later in my life, I had never really read the Bible until I was, I think I was like 16 um, and when I started reading it. And it was not interesting to read to me and trying to read through it just on its own, right? No study, no, I didn't know, you know, and I know a lot of people, they get saved and they, they don't ask or they don't find it. And so they're like, well, let me do like I do every other book. And open it up and skip the forward and read page one. And it's always like kind of a dry experience if you don't understand kind of what it is. So just, just uh, either way, that's a longer explanation to ask like, 
tell me about your your guys's journey through the word like when you started reading it how you how you do these steps like how did you get to a place where you wanted the word or or anything like that let me if i can flip the question a little bit because i want to hear from john on this yeah john you came to christ in 1967 yeah. 60, yeah. 1967. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, well, Noah was building the ark. So, <laughs> how how has the word been f- maintained fresh for you over multiple decades of of reading it and rereading it and hearing sermons? How talk to me about that because I think I talked about that a little bit. Sometimes people get the attitude of oh, I've heard this before. <laughs> you know. Um, God is so gracious, first of all. We have to understand that. Even though when we slack, God is always there, you know. And, and of course, I had to grow. I had to grow in the Lord. I came out of a Catholic church. I was a youth director for the Catholic church. Mm. And uh, I got saved, really. And I know I shared that crazy story with you. Yeah. And I, I got saved. and But I had no direction, you know. I had no direction. Pastor Bob Oberg was the pastor of the church. And he was a good preacher. He really was a good preacher. He preached the word very solidly. And he got me interested and started reading the Bible. But the first six or eight months of my salvation, I had the book of John, and that's all I read was the book of John because that's what somebody told me to do, yeah. you know. And uh, But as I begin to grow and begin to learn, and, you know, it's just amazing what God will reveal to you at the right time when you need it through his word. It's... Uh, it's powerful. Um, and I've gone through times when I haven't been reading it, and I've gone through times when I've excelled at reading it. Yeah. And I think that's all of us because we are somewhat cyclical, cyclical, you know. But but to continue to read and continue to study right now, and I know I shared this with Nathan, I'm writing the Bible. I'm taking oh, wow. the Bible and writing the verses down and then waiting a little bit and listening to God and then taking the other side of the page Man. and saying, God, speak to me. That's Tell so me. Cool. You know, and uh, I'm in I'm in uh, Second Thessalonians right now, and amazing what Paul speaks to the people about obedience and about following. And so you're then, reading a verse and writing that verse, writing that verse. verse. Yeah, wow. I uh, sometimes you get two or three verses. Sometimes I'll skip a couple because they right. don't maintain. But what it does, it's such a powerful thing because now go back and look. Because as you begin to look the other side of the page for the verses, you see God is specifically speaking to you mm. and, and drawing you in closer. I, you know, at one time, because in my morning, part of my morning, uh, I guess I'll call it a ritual. You know, I'm up early, so I pray regular prayers, and then I go up on my computer because I do some of the calling for the church. But then I do reading of the Bible. I do praying for everybody in the church, again, our church. And then I go back, and I can't wait to get back into the Bible again and see what God has to say to me. And that's, when you approach God's Word that way, not just to get through it, uh, reading the Bible in a year is a good thing, and I don't say it's bad because it gives you just an overall look. But I'm telling you what, when you start really getting into the Word, God will take your soul and your heart. He'll change your mind about things, and it'll help you grow so that uh, you uh, have a positive stand. You know, there's a place in the scripture where he talks about don't look to the left or the right, mm. but plant your feet solid on the rock, Christ Jesus. And to plant them, we have to know who God is while we're yeah. reading his word. So that's where I've been. I'm still going. <laughs> there's, um, there's a scripture reading plan 
called soap. I don't know if you've heard that yep. before. Use soap daily. And it's, um, <laughs> it's a, 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 devo- a personal devotion outline. So mm. write down the scripture, write down an observation of the scripture. So what stands out to you? Yep. Write out the application. application. What does God want you to do about what you just read? And then write out a prayer. And just that simple yeah, 10, 15 good. minutes yeah. every day, and God will grow you through that. I, um, you said something, John, that reminded me of a, um, a statistic that w- the effects of reading the Bible four days a week, so not even seven days a week, but just four days four days a week. If you read it once a week, if obviously you read it none, no times a week, but once a week, twice a week, three times a week, has like very, it has like minimal difference. But if you read it four times a week, statistically, the spiritual growth that happens in your life is, um, it, like it, it's a drastic, the difference between even three times a week to four times a week. So I did find it while we're talking. In 2009, the Center for Biblical Engagement, they issued a report that people who read the Bible at least four days a week experience the following benefits. So this is statistical <laughs> analysis. Wow. This is fact-based devotional. <laughs> um, you're at a 57% lower odds of getting drunk, a 68 lower odds of having sex outside of marriage, a 61% lower odd of being addicted to pornography, a 74% lower odd of being addicted to gambling, and a 50... 7% lower odd of any of these habits. If you read the Bible four times a week, you have a 220, 228% higher odd of sharing your faith with other people. Wow. Reading the Bible four times Amen. a week minimum, Amen. 228% increase <laughs> yeah. in sharing your faith with others, a 231% increase in discipling others, and a 407% increase in in or higher odd of memorizing scripture. Wow. It's just four times a week. So three times a week, it makes, it's, it makes very little difference. Four times or more a week just sends catastrophic spiritual growth and development. Wow. I would say it's probably along the same times of, uh, like if you're eating healthy four <laughs> or more times a week or you're eating healthy one, two, or three days a week. Right. Like, you know what I found that was really neat? When you start applying yourself to the Word of God, um, you get in situations and all of a sudden you have those words in your mind. Yeah. You can share them with people. You know, I have found that so many times. Uh, uh, there was a lady at the uh, checkout counter and I said some, I say some dumb things sometimes and and I said some dumb thing to her, and she, her eyes began to tear up. And I asked her, what's the matter? And she said, well, my husband has left me, and I'm all alone. And I had the scriptures for her. I didn't plan it. But what it does is God's preparing your mind because he says he'll provide you the words that you need when you run into situations like that. So. Yeah. I was trying to figure out... Um, there's a... There's a uh, phenomenon that I feel like is related. It's, how, it's like how our brains process. I can't pronounce how, what it is. It's German. Peter Meinhof phenomenon, also known as the frequency illusion. Um, and it talks, it just makes me think through 
like if you buy a new car, all of a sudden you see that new car everywhere. Everyone's driving the new car. Like you just see it driving down the road because your brain holds on to key information for reference. Yeah, it's your reticular activator yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, So it's yeah. like you think all of a sudden you're like, man, all these these cars are just popping out of nowhere. I've never seen these in my life. And now that I own one, they're everywhere. Yeah. But uh, I feel like it's the same type of thing. Like when you're in the word, that, uh, that must be the magic number for your brain to say, all right, this is important enough. We're going to need to reference this again because they yeah. keep coming back. Mm. I'm going to keep this right here, you yeah. know, right in the forefront of your brain. So you're ready. And then the same thing, you get temptation to drink, temptation for porn, like all these different things. Like, well, your brain's like, wait a minute, you heard something about this recently in the Bible, like retain, retain back. And like, God really designed that in us, obviously, that that type of idea. You know, I love what Dr. Jeremiah teaches about the Bible. He's talking about the Bible as being a case for your swords. Oh, the yeah. Bible is full of swords and open it up and draw a sword out. And he began to say, you know, I can do all things in Christ that strengthen me. Whenever the mm-hmm. enemy comes against you, you take your sword out because you're going to win your battle. Yeah. Okay. So great. it's a, it's a sword case. Yeah. So draw your swords out. It does. That's, that's a great, great yeah, yeah, it's a great illustration. Yeah. It's a great illustration. I like the, um, I like the number that you're reading too, because I, f- I feel in counseling, like a lot of a lot of younger people or newer Christians, they have this mindset of every day for an hour or nothing. That's what it feels like is like, hey, how's your devotional time? Well, you know, I had this whole plan that I wanted to do. This is, and I'm like, I'm not exaggerating. This is verbatim conversations I've had where, I, you know, I'd have this and I do this, but I just I can't get the time for it. And, and they can't get the time, so, so they don't do it at all. And so that's always, I just say, like, a, I know this doesn't sound spiritual, but, like, just read the verse of the day or something. Yeah. Like, yeah just <laughs> break, break the ice. I had, to st- <laughs> I had to stop reading the Bible for a checklist, right? It's like, I got to get through my Bible reading plan. Oh, no. I've got a whole bunch of little babies in the house, and yeah. I'm just, like, reading it, like, here we go, go on, go, 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 <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. And so I started at that time, I don't do it anymore, but at that time I was doing two, like, essentially Bible reading. I was doing my checklist, but in the morning mm. I'd read till God spoke. So it could be a minute, and I just stopped there. And, and then at bedtime, as I'm putting the kids to bed, then I'd finish my checklist mm. just to allow myself to get off that checklist. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's what I wanted to tell you, though. I don't know why I told you that. <laughs> but that is a Just, good thing. Someone hand me a fishing pole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're driving to do something, it's not effective. Yeah. You know, if you're driving, if you... If you and I go, I go through that a lot of times in the prayer ministry. I've got to get 20 names. I've got to get this. Right. you got to stop that. Yeah, know? it was. We've been, we've been discipling the church to do that this year. So early in the year... Take 10 minutes and just be with God. Yeah. Do nothing else. Set the timer. Just be with him. No agenda. Just be with him. Yeah. And this was part of that. Like, celebrate the word. Yeah. Celebrate it. Yeah. Be be moved by it. Mm. So you're not being moved by it when you're doing it as a checklist, um, when you're just religious about doing it. That's what I was going to say. It, um, people... Stop trying to make your life based on an Instagram reel. Yeah. Stop watching 
all those ladies on Instagram yeah, with the huge stu- hats, stupid who, coffee cup, and the, the coffee cup <laughs> yeah. and the beach scene. I'm just gonna cuddle up, have my devotional time. I'm like I can't compete with that. Well, <laughs> I bet you what they're not doing that for real. Yeah, they're not doing that for real. Yeah. They're doing that's their income producing Instagram account. Right. <laughs> all right. They're giving you a sense of an ideal that's not their real life. You want an inspiration? Let's think about Paul and Silas in a dirty, cold, wet prison singing Singing. hymns to God at midnight after they had just been beaten. They had a day, all right? Their day was worse than any mom day. (laughs) Their day was worse than uh, any of our hardest work day. They'd been beaten, flogged, attacked, thrown in prison, and... Hey, let's just spend some time with God right now. Yeah. Lord, you are good. <laughs> Lord, you are good. Because we love Jesus. Yeah. That's right. And you know there's not, always... Not an ideal. Right. There's always a result in that, too. As you know, the prison doors were... And, and you, if you read a little bit carefully in there, all the prisoners were listening to them worship. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing, huh? Yeah. That's amazing. Something I've tried to help with, uh, like our creative team in songwriting. Everyone wants to be a songwriter, and they're like, it's the same thing. Like, I don't have it. I said, what's your songwriting look like? You know, oh, I I try and clear a few hours. I want all this stuff. And I'm like, what if you just sang nonsense in the car and hit record every now and then? Like, oh, that works? I'm like, half the songs I write. (laughs) Like, I realized, like, I think we do it with the word, too. Like, we romanticize what it should look like and what it should feel like. I need to sit down with all my candles lit. The wind blows to the scripture I'm supposed to read that day. Um, my face glows like I'm on top of a mountain. Like, and it's just, that's, it doesn't happen. Well, I, and I, I see the uh, same thing. I see like people, we just had a great prayer time and they post a picture of it. I'm like, I think that's all fake. Yeah. I think, I mean, and I, I probably shouldn't be this transparent. On this podcast, <laughs> but there's, but I I dealt with it in Bible college too. It was just fake shows of spirituality. Yeah, and 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 so you just act away because you think that's how you act. You have to act. Well, the best thing for me is like I think one of our most spiritual Bible school professors. I mean, he had miracle story after miracle story. God spoke to him like I've never heard him speak to another person, and. Uh, he didn't even raise his hands during worship. <laughs> he was like, just stood still. Yeah. Just not, he just stood still. But like, so spirituality is not an outward show. It's inward. That's yeah. right. And so we don't have to, we think like, I'm not spiritual because I don't have an outward show. No, sometimes that, those outward show people aren't spiritual either. Right. That and Jesus talked a lot about that. Like you think you're so spiritual because of all your phylacteries, all your your bells and right dingle dangles hanging off your robes. <laughs> you're that's not spiritual. Um, let me tell one Bible school professor. First off, he um, he was an elephant hunter in South Africa, so you'd have he, he like managed a game preserve and wow. Um, but he ended up missionary. Bible school professor, when he moved here, God told him, I right, told him, and you, people are going to think I'm lying, but this is no exaggeration. God told him, you're going to buy this house in Hull, Massachusetts. He opens a map and says, where's Hull? 
hulls like near Cape Cod. <laughs> so he then, he and his wife get in the car. They drive to Hull, Massachusetts. God says, sort of turn left here. They turn here. There's the house. The house is not for sale. <laughs> so anyway, I don't remember the rest of the story, but they lived in that house. Oh my god. They gosh. lived in that house this, while he was my Bible professor. <laughs> this when I'm like, we need this house. <laughs> yeah. He's since gone on to be with the Lord. But um he I mean he was he was so deliberate. He would be like, um, hey God, I'm 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 going here tomorrow. Um could you provide me a parking spot? And then he'd be driving there and God would say, All right, turn here, turn here, I'll have a parking spot for you here. And he'd just pull right in, second spot, right in front of the courthouse, or second spot in downtown that. Boston. Like, I don't think I could pray for pray for that stuff. Well, he <laughs> he was just like it was like conversation, right? It he's was conversation because just... he did everything God wanted him to do. <laughs> he just always did whatever God wanted him to do. Yeah. So he was not asking God like make my life easier. It was just, uh, it was just like God prepare prepare the way. <laughs> yeah. As I, yeah, it was, it, no part of that was self-serving. Right. Mm-hmm. It was just his relationship with God. God says, I got a house for you here in Hull, and I got a parking spot for you here, uh, right around the corner here in downtown Boston, and I want you to move to this island of Vanuatu and be the first missionaries there, and just, that was his And he just went life. for it. That's amazing. Have you yeah. ever watched Fiddler on the Roof? Yes. Do you know Trevi? I've been in it twice. You, do you know? <laughs> do you know Trevi? The uh, I think that was his name. The, the main guy. Yeah. Tevia. Yeah, Trevia. Yeah. Well, if you watch him and you pay attention to what's going on, he's always talking to God. Right. All the time he's talking to God. He, you know, he always does his work, but then he thought he complains about his. I think it was a mule or a horse, but he complains yeah, to yeah. God about yeah, it. Yeah, it's you know? true. Yeah, the, his whole monologue that you think is to you, he's actually talking he's to in God. prayer the whole time. Yeah, and that's probably what this gentleman you're talking about was the same way. That is, I never watched Fiddler on the Roof. The the most I've watched of, the most I've oh, watched great. Fiddler it's on the Roof movie. is Elijah Wood played the Fiddler on the Roof in some movie he was in. So that's the most. Oh, I've oh. watched Fiddler on the Roof as Elijah Wood acting as a character in another movie, and it's probably oh, a bad movie. That's funny. I don't know what movie it was. Probably a bad movie. Watch the original. It's really good. Yeah, Matchmaker. Matchmaker. Yeah, yeah. They got Make me Barbara Streisand oh. in yeah. it. Oh, yeah. It is if, if I was a rich man, right? Yeah. That's that yeah. song? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the part that Elijah Wood sang. That's awesome. That was him talking to that God, is. though. Yeah. He was talking to God if he was a rich man. That's awesome. Uh, the we should get into book recommendations, but you made me think you were talking about that that inward that inward approach versus the outward approach. Like Jesus obviously couldn't refer to Instagram or posting, but I think it's like he talks through like yeah, well when they pray in public to show off how spiritual they are, they got their reward because they showed off how spiritual they are. And it's like, I think, a very similar thing. If you're reading your Bible to post about it, you got exactly out of the Bible what you went in to get. You know what I mean? Like, if that's as deep as you want to be with God, that's what you're going to get. Like, and if you go in for to make it a checklist item, like, you're, you're going to get that, right? Like, you're, you'll check off the box. Absolutely. 
But like you were saying, Pastor John, if you go in and say like, shape my day right now, God, whatever you need, like just tell me within this, then that's exactly what you're going to walk out with. Yeah, you know, when it was, this morning I was sitting there and I could hear that song we were worshiping Sunday. You know, uh, I'll be true to you, whatever you want. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, make room. What a, what a powerful song that is if you let that indwell in your mind, you know. Not whatever I want to. Yeah. Whatever you want to. Yeah. Absolutely. The one thing that I communicate about what you said, Jeremy, is sometimes people misuse that scripture. Hmm. And so, like, some people won't take a tax break from the government because they don't want to, like, if they get a blessing from the government, they'll lose out of the blessing from God. Oh, you know what I mean. Yep, so yep, yep. I don't, I don't, I don't want a giving letter from the church because I don't want a tax donation because I don't want to lose my blessing from God. Well, I think of just again parable of the talents, one of my favorite parables. <laughs> Good stewardship gets an increased blessing. Yeah, it gets true. an increased blessing. Um, so, book recommendation. Um, so, a book that would probably be a big challenge for people. So this might not be for everybody, but Misreading Scripture with Western Eyes was a book I probably, I don't know, I, maybe I read it in 2020 or 2021, I don't remember, okay. but it was a couple of years ago. But that's a challenging book. That is a challenging book. Another book that I just thought of is um, uh, Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus. How the Jewishness of Jesus can transform your feet, your your faith, and this is just a another example of the quietness and the love. Like I want to learn from you, Rabbi. I want to learn yeah. from you, Jesus. That just changes the posture of our heart from being so performance based, so pressure, so. I got to do everything right, or there's no fun in Christianity, or there's no joy in this, there's no love. I don't love my Bible. Everything's, nothing's good, nothing's entertaining. Right. And I think this helps us to, to settle in. There's another good book well. out there, The Rock, The Road, and The Rabbi. And, and um, I'm trying to think of the woman's name. She's a, she was a great star on TV. And she meets this rabbi, and they go to Israel, and he takes her down the path in Israel so that you can understand. What the Jewish Kathy Lee Gifford? Oh, okay. Kathy Lee Gifford and uh, the Sobel is the rabbi's name. Oh, that's cool. So it's a true story that true story. Oh, yeah, they've cool. got two or three. I've read, I've read three of those books, and every one of them has been really solid in the words. So. That's cool. So that's awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely get that. The misreading. They yeah. have an audio book version of it. Yep. Which is what I need. Um. <laughs> That's okay. okay. That's what I get through. <laughs> As we close the movie, I don't even remember the movie. The movie's titled North. <laughs> Turn that screen around for me. <laughs> He's like 12 years <laughs> old. That's just that scene is burned into my mind. Like I sing that all the time, and the movie came out in 1994. So presumably, I watched it in 1994. We rented it from Express Video, or that's uh, amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't even remember the movie, but anyway, I wanna remember that clip. 
So good. I'm going to watch it as soon as we sign out here, guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> we love you. Market Basket has the best pecan pie that I've ever had. Absolutely. But, but if you make me one, I'll like yours too. <laughs> and uh, love you guys. 